Coming up on this week's show, romance author Chris Cook and Pop-Tart Chadrick Douglas from Romance Out Loud stop by. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 24 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from JeffAdamsWrites.com. And I'm Will from WillKnauss.com. Happy spring! Why, thank you, sir. And happy spring to everybody in the Northern Hemisphere, and happy fall to those of our listeners who are in the Southern Hemisphere. Because we know there's at least Jillian down there in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Indeed. How you doing? I'm fine. Excellent. I do. I'm out of sorts because we just, in that interview, I, I really had to think hard about what my domain name was for some oh, reason. Oh, goodness. I was like, wait, what? What is it, dot com? What? What's my name again? I'm sorry. That's <laughs> quite all right. <laughs> anyway. I get my... <sighs> We're just about traveled out. I'm gonna get That's my the thing. Together. We, um, uh, we just did about a 27-hour round trip to San Francisco. Ish. Yes, we had a, a date night in San Francisco. Yes, we did. We saw <laughs> Dirty Dancing, the classic story on stage, mm-hmm. uh, which was, it's essentially the musicalization-ish of the film. Um, no original music in it. It uses, it's a jukebox musical. It uses songs from the movie, obviously, and then from the era as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some other 60s standards in it. Uh, I had a good time. I did too. I thought it was... It's interesting. Okay, so it's the movie on stage, but then they they put in this extra storyline of what was happening in 63 with voting rights and Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. There's a whole scene now where some of the staff and even the owner of the hotel uh, that they're at were all gathered around a bonfire listening to Dr. King's speech. And some of the the waiters were going off to do uh, voter registration down doing, south. Doing the Freedom Ride, yeah. Doing the Freedom Ride. And even um, the the grandson mm-hmm. um, was going to go down and do that, too. And I guess he finally did it, because they put that backpack on him in the final number, which I guess was the clue that he was actually going. Yes, um, I guess it was nice to give nod to that bit of story, but it was it seemed out of place, given what you know about the movie. And But overall, you know, it was a good time. Um I love the primary singers in the show, um, Adrian Walker and Doug Carpenter. They do most of the singing in the show, the primary lead singing. Um, Adrian played multiple characters. Doug was Johnny's friend who helped him out throughout the movie. Um, he needed more time. I really liked his voice. He was really good. He, he got a couple standout moments right at the end that I liked. Mm-hmm. Odd thing about this musical, Johnny and Baby never sang. Mm-mm. Not one word, except maybe some backup stuff, but <clears throat> that was a little strange. Um, yeah, it's not... I do. I did find myself wishing that they had sung in a more traditional uh, musical format. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the the movie itself isn't, you know, a traditional musical. True. So, it's, I mean, it, I, uh, I mean, I do wish they had sung, but I very, very much enjoyed uh, the show itself. So. I, I did, too. I think, it, I think if they had sung, it might have pushed it over into, like, five-star territory instead of, like, maybe four-star territory. Mm-hmm. I felt like there wasn't enough energy between... I felt like I was watching a movie. I felt like there was a little barrier at the proscenium that kept more of it from coming out to me. Mm. Uh, I wish they'd gone more of the Footloose on stage route where it's truly a singing musical where they took the songs that were in the film and figured out how to either make those drive the plot or reuse them to do the dance sequences. Because mm-hmm. uh, for most of the dance sequences on the sta- in, this, in this Dirty Dancing show... They were using the tracks from the film a lot. So you heard Eric Carmen singing Hungry Eyes, and you heard a couple other actual tracks from the film. So, yeah. But it was a good time. If it comes in your area, uh, go see it, because it's out on tour right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gone this week, and as usual, when I'm away, you've caught some movies. Yes, instead of actually working or doing something productive, I watched some movies. So, <laughs> um, uh, 
Uh, I want two two of note. First of all, uh, I'll mention Magic Mike, which really doesn't deserve to be mentioned. Magic Mike XXL. To be clear, you're talking about the sequel. Yeah, Magic Mike Two. Now, um, it's well known that the guys in the cast really enjoyed hanging out, and uh, I think that is really the only reason that they made you know the second one is so they could hang out again. And which is fine if they love hanging out together. Just don't expect us to watch it. So it's not bad that I missed so, this one. <laughs> so so don't expect us to watch it. No one went to see it. Um, it was pretty... Um, yeah. I ugh. Lame. Yuck. And I think you told me before we started recording, you didn't finish it really either. No, it's not even watchable on Fast Forward. It's... <laughs> It's really, it's just an embarrassment. It's just, it's just lame. Okay. It's just lame. It's not even, you know, bad in a good way, because I would be all over that. But it's just, it's lame. Okay. Don't, yeah, don't bother. Um, the other movie I saw was uh, Crimson Peak, which is uh, Guillermo del Toro's movie from last year, from 2015. And uh, I wanted to see this in the theater. I never got around to it. Um, overall, I thought it was interesting. Okay. Um, it's not a perfect movie, um, simply uh, because of uh, um, Guillermo's uh, directorial flair for excess. Essentially, the story is... Uh, a gothic take on, you know, classic melodrama, a ghost story, haunted house blend kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starred uh, Mia uh, Wachowska, who was the girl in the Tim Burton uh, Alice in Wonderland movie. She's mm. uh, All the stars were really fantastic, I, I have to say. Also, Tom Hiddleston and Jessica Chastain were in this. They played the creepy brother-sister duo who sweep poor Mia away to their uh, creepy gothic mansion on the moors in England. Mm. Um, So I really, I was into the gothic excess of it, but where I think the film kind of fell apart is the ghost story aspect. There was a lot of very um, modern CGI used to realize these kind of icky, gross um, ghost effects. Um, and I didn't think it worked within the the context of uh, uh, the story they were telling. I think there's a very, very delicate balance when you're kind of doing a gothic thriller melodrama. Uh, you have to... Uh, um, there's, you know, a tension between the the mood mm-hmm. i think the mood of those kinds of movies are really really important um and the the modern touches the the icky gross <laughs> uh, ghosts kind of ruined that for me they weren't really all that scary uh so i thought they took away from the film so i thought overall it was uh okay okay yeah i had a much better go with the audiobook that I got this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple days. I had a day when I was down south where I had to go drive a couple hours to see a client. Yes. And given LA traffic, a couple hours could easily turn into four yes. or more. Mm-hmm. So I got myself an audiobook before I left. Um, I picked up Symptoms of Being Human by Jeff Garvin, uh, which I actually found, initially discovered in a Barnes & Noble a couple weeks ago, and I'll talk more about that in a second. This book is YA, and it's about a gender-fluid uh, teenager named Riley, who um, father is running a congressional campaign, mom is trying to be the supportive wife to that. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she's also a teacher in the book, although not in Riley's school. Riley's 16 and is still discovering what it means to be gender fluid. He, she has determined that that's what they are Mm -hmm. um, and is... I thought very interestingly described it, at least in their case, to be kind of a dial. Because it talks about being more, feeling more on the male side of the dial. Some days and other days being more all the way over to feminine. And some days kind of bouncing around in the middle somewhere. Okay. Um, deals with how, to, how, they're, how they're presenting themselves 
in school, who to tell, how to come out, not just to friends, but to um, classmates um, and parents. Ultimately, I haven't gotten to the point if they're coming out to the parents yet, but the, the therapist who knows everything is trying to get Raleigh to come out. Um, and is also trying to find a project for himself, herself to do. Um, to kind of take get out of their headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating book. I've got about two hours to go on it, so I'll give a, an official review on it, hopefully by the next episode. Um, but I'm really liking it, uh, and we'll see if maybe Jeff Garvin can be on the show. Um, turns out he is an actor who's actually been on The Wonder Years and on Roseanne and a couple other sitcoms, was kind of a child star, and has had a band and is now writing books. Okay. Which is kind of cool. This is his debut novel. So. Awesome. Very cool. Speaking of the discoverability aspect of it, I keep hearing uh, on some of the podcasts we listen to and various other outlets, you know, that the bookstore is dying. I really hope this isn't the case because this book I found in a bookstore. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have stumbled on this book wandering around Amazon or just in general. Um, I don't know that it's one that would necessarily end up in a review in a publication I'd read or somewhere. I don't know that it would have shown up in an also bought because I don't know what I would have bought that would have necessarily set me up for a YA gender fluid book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm really curious to, to, to see how this book does do as it has only recently come out at the, I believe, late February. So... Go bookstores, because, you know, the discoverability is a good thing. Where I didn't admittedly buy it in the bookstore, but I did make a note of it so I could pick it up later. Okay. You have a winner to announce. I do. And congratulations to Renee, who picked up the Sound Beginning uh, short story that I was giving away on last week's show. Mm-hmm. Um, had some, had a lot of entries in the Rafflecopter this week, so that was kind of fun to see. Awesome. But Rafflecopter picked Renee. So cool. I'll be getting a book out uh, to them shortly after we record, probably. Okay. Congrats. Yeah. So last week's question, we asked, do you listen to audiobooks? Why or why not? And uh, if so, what's a recent favorite? So Anna said, love them. Listen when I drive or when I clean. My house has never been cleaner. And the daily commute has been more of a breeze. Road work, bring it. Morning congestion. Who cares? One more chapter. I love. I have narrators I love and listen to most anything that they do. Yeah. Angela said, I don't listen to audiobooks. I prefer reading books myself. That way I can use all my imagination on how a person looks and even talks. I always think, and maybe I'm wrong, that listening to audiobooks will spoil that for me. However, I think it's very important that there are audiobooks available for people who can't read themselves or simply enjoy them. And that seems to be the two kind of, mm-hmm. I guess, sides of the coin in most of the answers. Mm-hmm. People were either really gung-ho, like, woo I just, I just discovered audiobooks and I listen to them all the time. And then there were people who were like, no, they're not my thing. I prefer the written word mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of thing. So... Yeah, yeah. you can read uh, all the responses that we got, because uh, I think there's about a dozen more on the show notes page for this episode. Mm-hmm. So, we had, or actually we're in the middle of, a big crossover event on the podcast. <laughs> uh, last Friday, we had the pleasure of being over at Romance Out Loud, uh, hosted by Chris Cook and Chadrick Douglas. Mm-hmm. Loved being on their show. They are a hoot. They are a hoot. They entertain <laughs> us every week. Yes, we, um, yeah, we do listen to their show. Admittedly, they are, they're a lot like our show. Um, they talk about pop culture, they talk about books, mm-hmm. um, and they're, they're really fun. So, of course, we had to have them on our show, too, yeah. as part of the podcast uh, crossover event. So, let's listen to that interview. So, we're excited to welcome fellow podcasters Chris Cook and Chadrick Douglas from Romance Out Loud to our podcast. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So take a moment and introduce yourselves to our listeners. Go ahead, Chadrick Pop-Tart. Hi, um, I'm Chadrick Douglas, and I'm the resident Pop-Tart on our lovely podcast. And so I'm the one that talks about everything and anything and what's going on and keeps everybody current. And I'm Chris Cook, and I'm a gay romance author like you, Jeff. And, you know, just uh, I was in radio for 13 years, years 
years ago, and we just uh, Chad and I were talking about doing this, and the rest is history. He's from radio, not even TV, yeah, so or movies, <laughs> like. That's how far back he goes. It's season radio. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There was, hey, him no, and Lucy were back there together doing shtick. No moving pictures. <laughs> no moving pictures. How did you guys come together to start the podcast? I've been kidnapped. Can you please send somebody <laughs> to help me? No, um, we uh, we've talked about this for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we're big fans of Logo and of course, uh, and and then of course on XM. We were listening to yeah. We listened to we we just love to talk, and everybody tells us we're hysterically funny. And mostly we, and me. we believe them, right? and we believe them, <laughs> and we have egos big enough. And then I love Chris's books, and we really wanted to find a forum that we could talk about books and writing because there wasn't very many out there, and so we really wanted to go. That's why we love y'all's podcast. Yeah. I love getting it all out there and talking about it because there's so many great things to read out there and people just don't even know where to look sometimes. Yeah. And, and you guys do like us, not just books. You guys talk about all kinds of fiction, any kind of gay fiction. And I think that's interesting, but what really started it was a friend of mine, Lexi Blake, who's uh, she's a writer. She writes actually straight romance and her husband and I were talking and I said, you know, I'm going to just go into, I had written under another pen name, erotic romance. And I wanted to write gay romance. I was kind of done with that. The publisher and I kind of separated and he said, you ought to do a podcast. And I said, you know, it's funny. Chadrick and I have been talking about it. And he said, you definitely should do that. So that's sort of how the little kernel of an idea happened. And the rest is history. We're, yeah. we're on episode 38, I think. We started I in August. Know, I forgot. Whatever, whatever. August. So, And you guys started, when did you guys start? We started in November. So we're on, as we're doing this, we're at 24. Well, that's awesome. Happy twenty awesome. four! You're half halfway halfway through a year already. I know it's amazing, first, right? Yeah, that's kind yeah. of crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. We have a third partner that's our producer, Mike, that is the technical person. So we don't really do any of the technical ourselves, but we get all the critique after the fact. So it's really fun. We need a producer because I'm kind of the producer too. Yeah, he's the the technical guy. I'm like a. <laughs> I'm, I'm just here to drop the F-bombs That's, that's what I'm here for Oh, you can just say it, fuck, it's okay <laughs> See, there you Will, go. Will, does he Does he give you critiques Or anything after the show And say you need to speak up Or anything like that? Well, he does, like um, the I don't know, a couple of episodes ago You were bitching about me About like laughing or talking too loud And the levels getting all wonky And, and, and like <laughs> I don't know. And then it turned out I'm actually worse at making the levels yeah, come out. He's even he worse. He's worse. So, but yeah, we, we, we get that a lot. And then what's funny is, is we get critiques every week of, well, this was good or that was, and this one takes it very personally. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, if you can find somebody else to say the filth, I can't go for it. I'm fine. I'm on my side of the desk, which we have two desks back to back. And then we have a wall of pillows in between us so that oh our sounds gosh, don't you're escape. Telling them about the pillows. I'll tell them that I'm share the dirt with you. Don't tell me. Shh. I don't know. That's what we need. I, I think, um, cause we're just sitting here in, in Jeff's office and it's just this, you know, uh, it's just the standard, you know, office slash, you know, it'd, it'd be a bedroom if other, you know, depending on if there were kids here, this would be a kid's room. Right. Um, and we talk with one mic between us. Yeah. And that makes a difference cause you're, you're, we're doing one mic with you guys through Skype, but tor- typically we have two different mics and we set them differently. But that's all our producer. That's not us. <laughs> and, it, and it makes it so much better, Will, because you can get on your phone and look at Facebook and stuff while they're talking. And if you get bored and they can't see you, all I see is a hand over the pillows going, time to talk or oh something. So, yeah, we're- we leave the bloopers in a lot of times. Do you all do that as well? Yeah, it's all, it's very rare that we edit. Um, unless we screw up at the very front of the show, it yeah. just pretty much stays in unless it's just horrific. Yeah. Yeah, we've recorded all whole segments and then someone forgot to hit the record button, so it's okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Luckily, we haven't <laughs> done that. We've had and one I'm like, where what? We, have, <laughs> we have had a couple where the video camera conks out. Yeah. But then we just kind of just let, let the audio fly because we record separate audio and video and then we'll just lay the video track on it. Right. 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 I like the, the video. That's cool. Yeah. Now, now, Chris, before we start talking about your your books and your current series, Mockingbird Place, I wanted to ask, um, 
How did you get into writing the straight erotic romance? What took you down that path originally? Well, Let's see. <laughs> don't. I, I okay. Yeah, yeah. If you need me to ask him to leave, I can definitely <laughs> do that. <laughs> no, uh, I I wrote screenplays with my sister, and we were in a thing called with Matt Damon and and Ben Affleck called Project Greenlight, and we moved up. I don't know if you remember that years ago, and we were we were having a lot. Lot of success. We met Shane Black. We met a lot of people, but she, we were just about at the precipice and about to go over when she contracted cancer. And unfortunately, she lost her battle to that. And I just stopped writing. I didn't write anything because I, I had always been a collaborator. And my friend, uh, Shayla Black, who write, she and I worked at a Fortune 500 company together, and she was writing little Harlequin romances. Well, she was breaking into erotic romance, and we would go to lunch and talk about writing every day. And she said to me, you need to write. You, it's in your heart. You need to write. Write an erotic romance. I said, what the hell? I'm a gay man. What, am I, what would I know about erotic, BDSM and women? And I said, I've, I have, I've, I've seen one vagina in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, just here, read these books. And actually, I enjoyed reading them. They're really good stories. There's a lot of emotion. And so I wrote one as a lark. And I sent it to a publisher, and the damn thing sold. And then they said, we want three more. And so, and they kept going. And it got me a full-time gig as a writer. So I was like, okay, I can do this. But all along, I kept wanting to move into gay romance. And so about... I guess um, the summer, last summer, I kind of made the break and said, I'm just writing gay romance. I, I'm, I'm doing it. I want to do it. And it's been, been fantastic. So that's the longest short of the story there, Will. I hope that answered your question, but that's how it happened. So now you're, you're working on your, your Mockingbird Play series, correct? That's right. Yeah, and you're self-publishing those? That's, that's correct. correct, yes. Okay, okay. can you tell... Tell, there are two books in the series so far, correct? Three. The third one came out. Yeah, the third one, the Fireman in Unit uh, C, came out about two weeks ago, and uh, and then I'm working right now on the Doctor in Unit H, and uh, it's been amazing. I mean, they all got into the top ten on Amazon for gay romance. You know, they've done very well. I'm very very pleased with the results, and uh, it is different being a self published author. Uh, I, I do, under another pen name, I, I still have a, a, a publisher, and it's just a different dynamic. But I really, I really am enjoying the self-publisher, you know, but you have all the hats. You have to get the cover made, and you have to find an editor. Uh, you know, one thing I would say, if anybody wants to self-publish, be sure to hire somebody to edit. Don't edit yourself. You need other eyes on it, because you're going to miss it, you know, and, and even, so... Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I I uh, I know Jeff. You write young adult, and this is kind of in the new adult category, which is sort of that college age coming of age series is is what I wanted to write. Which Serena, which you had on your Serena Bone and L Kennedy, their book Us, uh, they're in that sort of genre, that first person. And I really have really enjoyed writing it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's kind of it's kind of a little bit based on when Stephen and I moved to Dallas and uh, we, we lived in a, a complex that was a horseshoe just like the series and we, fell, we have friends still to this day that are really close friends because we all helped each other and I just kind of wanted to tell that story. You know, it's fictional but that's sort of... Uh, Did sort you of have working. got hot guys in every unit around you? Well, I will tell you, at the pool parties, they were hot. I mean, those, I mean, they were hot. Hot, hot. Just asking. <laughs> He's getting ready to have a hockey player. I'm keep Jaden and we need a hockey player. Yeah. To move in. Oh, yeah. I mean, no apartment complex is complete without a, a hockey, a hockey <laughs> yeah. player. It is. A hockey player. Well, you already got a doctor, a cowboy, Marine. I mean, you know, American Indian, and you would have the village people. So. <laughs> That's what I'm I mean. It's like he's writing where the village people go to retire. <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you guys. I saw that you said you two are going to write a book together. Are you starting that book already? The the basics of it, we were we've plotted it, so we've got the plot and the high level summary done. 
and it's on the schedule to write later this year. The first we're, we're now, actually trying we're trying to do three. No kidding! Wow, yeah. it's a so, planned trilogy. What is it like? Doing the podcast as a couple because we're not in a relationship at all. We would kill each other if we were in a relationship. I guarantee you. Married. Yeah, to another person. To another person. <laughs> Is there difficulty being in a relationship at times when you're working together on the podcast, on writing? What do you think? I think no. <laughs> That was a long um, pause. That was a long, was a long pause. pause. Indeed. I don't... Uh, every now and then we'll disagree on basic ideas, but that never turned into an argument or anything. I mean, it's a blast working with him. Aww. It is. <laughs> you know, because... What a sweetie. It was always our plan to kind of have a writing business together, and that mm-hmm. business evolved into having the podcast. Yeah. And to doing some co-writing, which is, is finally happening, you know, this year into next year. Um, so, yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's going. Uh, I have no complaints. I like this guy. Aw. Aw. How long have you been together? Uh, May will be 21 years. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Okay, let me go back 20. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all were together back in the day, girl. Y'all went to tea dances together, I bet. Yeah, they were chicken. They were chicken, for sure. Yeah, so, that's awesome. So, Chris, going back to your Mockingbird Place series, um, first of all, how do you come up with the different archetypes in, in each of the books? Like you said, you have a doctor and uh, uh, a Marine. and I mean, do you have a list of, of guys or, uh, or that you're going to tick off in each book or... Uh, it, that's a very good question. It's all my fantasies. <laughs> porn. <laughs> yeah, porn. He says I get all my all my inspiration from porn. It, you're the one who watches porn. No. Um. Yeah, it is. I wanted to do the very uh, masculine type uh, hero because uh, I I just think that's uh, sort of what we all dream dream about, you know. And yet I put the softer side. For instance, the marine. Uh, he's a little different. He actually, I, I guess I should, yeah, this book's been out for a while. He, yeah. he actually has a leg missing. And I, I try to make it different and real and gritty because I, that is what the kind of book I like to read. I like to feel like these are real people. And when I'm writing them, I don't know about you, Jeff, but these people start talking to me in my head. Not that I'm crazy, but they're, they become real. But yes, uh, the next book is a doctor. The next one is a fighter. He keeps, I don't know after that. I, I had always <laughs> Tell him about my character. Yeah, I put him in the book, Chad. Uh, so the, not everybody in the book is Butch. No. <laughs> no I mean, I have, I have everybody. I, I think There are some cute, sweet guys. Well, you're very cute and sweet, yes. But th- I have <laughs> this guy in there who's very flamboyant and fun, and he's the inspiration, and his name is Chad. So. Me and Charles Nelson Riley, flamboyant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too young to know who Charles Nelson who. Honey, you are right in the center square with him. Don't even- <laughs> Match game, match game. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. How funny. How many, how many books do you have uh, planned for the series? Well, I had had five planned, but it's been so successful that I'm rethinking that. Uh, my husband's definitely rethinking that because he's the banker. <laughs> and he's like, okay, uh, you need to come up with some more uh, things. So, actually, I've been thinking about... Um, some other characters in that. And then I have this idea to do a spinoff series where a couple of the people go off and they're going to start a whole nother. um, It's kind of a dude ranch in West Texas. And so, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of excited about the spinoff. And then I have the, um, a long time ago I wrote a book, which I think it's back here, Cupid's Arrow. And that book had really done really poor. The publisher didn't do much. Well, now that Mockingbird Place is doing so well, it's come up and I'm getting a lot of people asking me, it's paranormal, set in Dallas. And so I'm thinking about writing that book, you know, writing the sequel to that, which I already had planned. But, you know, you only have so much time to get all these books out. So um, that's... 
that's sort of in the creative ideas. So you know. the exciting thing is that um, um, a script that I wrote, uh, a Hollywood producer has optioned it. So I'm kind of that adds another element to everything that I've got to be doing. So I just they just got the option two weeks ago. So I'm fingers crossed that it'll. He's already shopping for his Oscar gown. <laughs> yeah, <whatever. laughs> he'll design the gown that he'll wear in the red carpet. <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's a long shot, but it's fun. I got a little money for the option, and so I'm That's excited. Cool. That's so, exciting, yeah. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm I'm excited about it, but. But uh, what are you working on, Jeff, right now? What's going on with you? I know you had that the uh, Sound Beginning came out, and what was the other one that came out recently? Uh, Sound Beginning and Make the Right Choice both came out in uh, February, so just about a month ago. Um, in the queue right now, I'm working on the first book in a new YA series. He's a 16-year-old hockey player, computer genius, who happens to work for a covert organization. So it's a little bit thriller. It's a little bit, uh, there's a little romance in it because he's got a boyfriend, but it's not a romance in the traditional sense because you don't, you don't get their origin story so much. They're already a couple. Gotcha. Um, okay. So the first book is in, is coming out of <clears throat> beta right now. It is, so I'm doing the edits for it. And uh, I don't have a release date for it yet or anything, but it's, it's getting completed. Now is that with Dream Spinner or who's that with? I hope it's with Dream Spinner. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. Well, good luck. That sounds awesome. I lo- I think we need more young adult gay fiction out there. You know, like you said, it doesn't have to be romance. It just have gay characters. Gay characters are showing up in popular culture more and more. I think they need to show up more in fiction, and especially young adult and even children fiction. You know, I think if it's done well, it would be interesting. You know, yeah, um, I applaud you. That's why I wrote the, the first hat trick was young adult, and then that series actually grew them into college. And in book three, they graduate college, so it really arced that way. Um, <clears throat> but the idea with this new book was to do something that had a gay character who was in a relationship, but that being gay wasn't the thing. It's a very you know tangential to the story. It would make no difference to the main story if he was with a guy or a girl. You know, he's got his relationship, and this is the other stuff that he does. I think that's smart because honestly, young people, that's how most of them feel. It's not a thing. And I think you're you're showing something that's really true to to that generation. I, I that's awesome. I you, it's a little bit if you remember the show Kim Possible, that was an old Disney Channel cartoon. I do. I love Kim Possible. So it's a little Kim Possible, a little bit alias. Um the show that was on a few years ago. Uh with Jennifer Gardner. Uh, so those are kind of the two inspirations that I had around it. And maybe just a teeny tiny bit, um, Mr. Robot, but not nearly that dark. Yeah. <laughs> you, you said Disney. Chadrick is like Disney-aholic. He loves anything Disney. That's why when I asked you, you were in Orlando. Did you have any fun? By fun, I meant did you go to Disney or Universal, but... <laughs> we we did not because we'd been there. We'd been to those parks in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. And just last year, we'd done Disneyland here in California. And there really wasn't time. Like the, the conference ended mid-morning on Sunday, so we were going to go. If we were to do anything, we were to spend a lot of money for a full-day pass to get not a full day in at the park. And really, the only thing we hadn't seen that was new was the new side of Harry Potter at Universal, the Gringotts side. Right, right. So if there'd been I new Star Wars stuff, you know, I think we would have done it, but... Yeah. Well, all that whole park is getting redone. So there's going to be Star Wars Land, uh, Toy Story World, and just more and more stuff. So and no yeah, doubt Frozen, some a big Frozen thing. I'm sure. Frozen's doing in a couple of parks. Yes. So now that we're talking pop culture, let's talk to Chadrick for a second. Yeah, Woo-hoo! go ahead. Move on, bitch. <laughs> Tell us about your role as Pop Tart. So I just come in and um, they laugh. They tried to script me. And I said, no, I don't want a script. I just want to just say whatever comes out of my mouth and you can like it or edit it out. I don't care. So, uh, yeah, you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. If you listen to a lot of our shows, I I have a very twisted sense of humor in mind. So that's a lot of it. And uh, this one, Chris will tell you, I'm on Facebook constantly. I can tell you anything about politics. I can tell you what's going on with 
the debate tonight, which is going to be another Republican, which is just such great entertainment. It's the best show on TV. Everybody should watch them. It's not really very substantive, but oh my God, you just never know what's going to happen. Somebody gets punched, and um, and then we both watch a lot of the same TV shows and movies. And I don't watch all your TV shows. No, you don't, because you're way behind. <laughs> the real, and then I can't talk about the it. The Real Housewives, I don't care. I'm sorry. Don't care about them. Don't mess don't with me. I will send the Real Housewives of New Jersey to get you. Shut up. <laughs> um, and so it's we really wanted, when we were talking about the podcast, we really wanted it to be a yin and a yang. And we work really well like that because he's... My yang is bigger than your yang. <laughs> Do you see the mess I put up with? Um, and so we have a lot of fun. We are, we are constantly laughing. We constantly zing each other. And that's kind of really, I think, the dynamic that we really like. Because that's how we are when we're just out eating pizzas, friends, or our husbands are both the same way. They're a lot of fun. Our best friends, the Mikes, are one of them's our producer. So it's a family show. A family show. <laughs> that you don't want any of your kids to listen to. We're fucking nasty. It's all about the explicit tag on iTunes. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Be sure if you're going to have him or beep him out. Wow. Yeah, it'd be like one big beep, 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 beep. Yeah. So what are you excited about these days yeah. besides the debates? Um, so I, I'm watching, um, let me think. Okay. Are y'all watching American Idol? Yes. I know it's cliche and it's old, but there is a girl named LaPortia Renee. Look her up. She will give you chills. She is the new Etta James. James. Um, she is so good that literally every time they're at the top eight, and every time they judge her, they don't critique her because the audience doesn't shut up long enough for them to. She's already been told twice, you're going to win this. But she is just fabulous. She's Jennifer Holiday, Etta James. Who else? Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin, all rolled in one. And she has such a great backstory. If it wasn't on America, I mean, literally, I tune in and I watch what she does. And then after that, I fast forward through a lot. Um, I, I'm a big politic guy, so I watch a lot of the politics. I think it's interesting. We try to stay off of politics as far as how, what our beliefs are. Vote for Hillary. And so we, we really don't. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit, but we do stay out of that. But just whatever's current. We were talking. He's into the new, what's the show, O'Neill's? The, the Real, Real O'Neill's. If you haven't watched that show, it's um, three episodes already, and you can watch it. You know, the old show's. One of my favorite shows ever. I was glad that a new sitcom showed up because we were very into Superstore and telenovela um, from earlier in the winter. And it was nice that the real O'Neill showed up mm-hmm. to kind of fill that sitcom gap because really the only one we watch is Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Us too. We watched that. Yep. Yeah, us too. So you like Superstore? He really likes Superstore. I haven't watched it yet. Is oh, it, it was brilliant. It? I'm a retail queen, so it really means a lot. You see it, and you're like, yep, been there, done that. So that's funny. Exactly. Yeah, it was all kinds of brilliant. So you need to catch up on that eventually. It's only 10 episodes. Honey, he's really so fast. far behind on all his shows. Don't even ask him. I'm like, have you watched Survivor? Oh, I'm five weeks behind, but I'll catch up. Yeah, but I, it's funny. We were having pizza last night, and my mother called, and she was watching Survivor, and he was DVRing it. And is that how you say it? DVRing it? No, honey, we're in a new decade. <laughs> anyway, she goes, she was telling me the spoiler, and so I go, oh, my God, God really? And I had to go home and erase my VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> no, his mom did. She, she dropped it, and, of course, this one doesn't quietly be like, okay, well, I got people at the table. He knows I watch it because I'm always giving him a hard time, and he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he got hurt and had to be evacuated. He was the best one, and I knew the whole show before we went home. I'm like, Damn it! So yeah, we have to be very careful. We've been called out a couple times on spoilers um, on the show, so we take that. Like when we were talking about the X Files, like if you don't want to watch the X Files, just skip forward a couple minutes because we can't guarantee we're not going to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might want to do a little uh, prequel to this about him because he'll spoil anything. I'm not spoiling anything. Yeah, he hasn't spoiled anything yet. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Just my mood. Just his mood, honey. He was sour the minute he woke up this morning. As to the American Idol question, we're more voice people. Me too. Thank you. So, ha, ha, okay. Ha. You can ha, 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 ha all you want. 
I'm just telling you, when you get through with us, go to YouTube and look up La Porsche Renee, Renee, and after you watch two of her videos, I, I really am over American Idol. It's their last season. That's the only reason I'm watching it. I have never seen a girl like this. I made Chris watch them. And he's standing there, and he's like, oh, my God, I'm getting chills. You just Until here's, you see her, you won't know. Here's the problem. American Idol doesn't have Adam Levine. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. Here's the problem. La Portia, when you see her and the talent she is, will be around decades longer than The Voice. Okay. Like, she is... You said the same thing yesterday. She's that good. She is that good, guys. She, she I really mean, really, is. watch yes. a couple of her videos, and you're going to be like... I mean, Kelly Clarkson, basically, this is, she said it best. She said, if I was you, every time I opened my mouth, I would just say, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, they were all, but she's just that good and her backstory's great. So enough about La Portia Renee on American Idol. Please go vote. Manager? <laughs> I could be. Maybe she'll hear we'll, me. And she'll come we'll on check her, her out because yeah. we, we did have a phase with Idol. Like we watched Idol for Adam Lambert back, you know, However many years ago that Back was. Back in the day, yeah, yeah. So we could certainly pick up Idol to watch her, and then yeah, get if you watch a couple of her videos, you get really addicted quickly because she's she's just a superstar. So, but yeah, so that's about all that's going on in my world. So tell us what's coming up on Romance Out Loud in the coming weeks, depending uh, on how far you can look ahead. Well, that's true. I'm really bad, as you know. Yeah. I don't know how any of us have time to do these podcasts. Do you guys? I mean, it's crazy that we're doing them. They take more time than you think. But. Well, they do theirs on Sunday and, and and let it go on Monday, right? So one day? It's yeah. wild. That's crazy. Yeah, but we keep things purposefully very, very simple and straightforward. Basically, when what you hear in the episode is, you know, we press record, we talk, and then it's done. Yeah. And and most of the interviews like this one's done in advance because we're recording this about two weeks out before we'll use it. Right. Which makes Perfect. it a little easier. Um, I mean, you guys are so much more fancy. You've got segments, and you've got your intros and your outros, and your, your commercials, <laughs> and your... That's all our producer. <laughs> <laughs> That's our producer. I guarantee you. We wouldn't be even having a show. Without I mean, we have pillows in between us on the desk. <laughs> yeah. We're really fancy. Yeah, and we get in trouble a lot, but that's okay. He gets in trouble, I don't. Uh, we've got, uh, we're going to be interviewing A.E. Vi about her new book. Uh, we also, Serena, who you had, we're going to have her in a couple weeks. Um, and then, of course, we're going to be having you guys on the show. So I'm excited about that. So. We're, we're kind of excited about what's coming up. And you guys have inspired us with the video thing. Uh, before we called and talked to you guys on this <laughs> one, uh, Chad and I were saying, maybe we should do one video every three months. And, you know, because then I'd have to shave and be cleaned up and <laughs> put on a clean shirt. Put on uh, a clean shirt. Get the curlers out of my hair. Yeah. So, anyway, you know, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, you know, we kind of just see how it goes. Mike kind of. Our producer guides us and makes it sound so much better than it, it is. You know, we usually have the dogs barking in the background. I don't know what I'm doing till I walk in and sit down. Yeah. And he kind of tells me, we're going to talk about this. I'm like, okay. And usually he's drinking wine. Today it's coffee, but usually it's wine. <laughs> so it kind of loosens Or liquor. Or liquor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drinking will make your show a lot more fun. Oh, I have found that out. <laughs> Maybe we should replace the water. Uh, gosh. Vodka in there, you know, by the end of the show, you'd be a hoot. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Okay, guys, we're we're getting close to the uh, end of our interview segment, and I wanted to ask you the question of the week. So um, we asked our listeners, do you listen to audiobooks? Why or why not? And if so, what's your favorite title? So we wanted to ask you guys the same question. Um, are you guys into audiobooks? Do you do you listen to them like maybe in the car or, you know? Go ahead. I'll let you first. Okay, you have an answer for this. Uh, I I do. I haven't in a long time, but it's usually when I'm traveling. And uh, I the last one. This is how long it's been. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but it was an older title. I I listened to uh, Airframe by is it? Yes, thank you. And uh, I love it. I love especially a good reader. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's great. I, I don't get to do that very often, but I enjoy an audiobook. 
your turn. Um, I do not listen to audiobooks. My cassette player is broken in my car. <laughs> and the eight track seems to eat the tape. So I can't seem to do that. I'm kidding. Um, I, I don't. I mean, I get in trouble because Chris will be like, did you read my next book? And it's like, he's just headed out for three days. And I'm like, yeah, sure. What was it about? Um... So, no, I'm a bad person. I don't listen to audiobooks. I just listen to music. I only work six minutes away from my house, so there's not a lot of travel time. It would take you forever That's to get through answer. a book in six-minute in- intervals. Yeah. 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 Just the time you get into it. So, yeah. Nope. Especially when you were doing War and Peace. I mean, you're still, yeah. it's been 10 years. Right? Oh, my God. I've been reading Gone with the Wind for the last 12 months. <laughs> And Scarlett's just now back safely at Terra. Yeah. yeah. Chris, would you ever consider having um, your books put into audio? Absolutely. I, I think any way to get it out, you know, I, I think it's it's a story, and I would put it out any way that it could go out. Anybody want to make a movie out of it? I'd love that, too. <laughs> you know. If you do the audio, can I do the the sounds? Like the... No. No. No, you can't. You're not part of that. You're out. You see how I'm treated here. <laughs> now you get the opportunity to ask our listeners a question for this week. So what have you got? Um, I think we should ask, what other podcasts are they listening to? You know, I, I would love to know that because I think podcasts are, I'm so glad you guys are doing this. And what other ones are they listening to? I would love to know that. Okay. So we'll get that asked and we'll see what they come back with. Are there any podcasts that you two personally listen to that you might recommend? Or is there something that you just you listen to every single week and you, you can't wait to get it downloaded? Well, Jeff and Will's. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> is there any other podcast besides <laughs> the Big Gay Fiction podcast? <laughs> no, um, we... we, we we listen to Christopher Rice's uh, The Dinner Party Show, um, and which is not really a podcast anymore. Right, it's changed. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we listen to him, and, uh, yeah, that's about so it. The producer will be happy for me to say, I listen to Romance Out Loud. Yeah. Because they used to get on to me because they'd be, the show sounded great. Did you hear it? And I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, he never listens to I, I don't like listening to my own voice. I love talking and hearing myself talk, but after that, no more. Yeah, we so, doesn't listen yeah. to our show either. Yeah, I don't either. So, and honestly, I only listen to it because I have to do the post production on it. So, <laughs> right, right, right. So, but no, I really don't listen to a lot of other podcasts. I've caught y'all's a couple, a couple of the dinner parties I like. This one usually drags me and goes, "You need to see how they're doing this. This is neat." And and then I listen to it. He he is ADD big time. You know, really, this is a long. This segment has been amazing. I usually have have to tie him to the chair and all that kind of thing. <laughs> But he likes that. So, you know. well, for all we know, you've got his foot tied to the table. So that's you right. Can't see it, it's, yeah, it's big. My foot's turning blue as we speak. <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for. It's having been a blast. Us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And everybody can check out Romance Out Loud, which drops new episodes every Friday. So that was awesome hanging with them. We basically recorded those across an hour for both of our shows. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, so. Chris and Chadrick asked, what podcasts are you listening to? That's a massive question for us because we listen to a ton. Yeah, there are several writing-related podcasts that we uh, listen to on a regular basis. I think we've mentioned this on a a previous show before. Um, Some of the ones that we listen to every week are... I'm looking at my my iPad right now. Um, I listen to the Word Slinger podcast with Kevin Tumlinson. Uh, we also listen to the Author Biz with Stephen Campbell. There's also the classics like Self Publishing Podcast and The Creative Pen. Um, there's also Sell More Books Show. I think that's a, a very informative weekly news show about self publishing and the publishing business. Um, yeah, so, I, th- I will say I think that one's crucial for the authors out there, especially the self-pub ones to listen to, because mm-hmm. they do a great job of aggregating news that you kind of need to know. Um, 
to keep yeah. up with the trends, especially most definitely, you know what goes on with Amazon and stuff. Yeah. And as for some of the gay themed podcasts we listen to, um, of course, uh, Chris and Chadrick's, of course, Romance of, Out Loud, and, and also we listen to Rote the Rote podcast on a regular basis. One uh, podcast that's coming up very soon is something called the Self Publishing Formula Podcast, um, and this may be the most British show ever. Um, it features uh, self-publishing whiz Mark Dawson and uh, a guy named James Blatch. And essentially, so far, I believe the premise of the show is uh, James is going to interview uh, Mark every week about different aspects of his uh, very successful self-publishing journey. The show itself hasn't started just yet. They've released a couple of like preview uh, mm-hmm. sneak peek episodes so we're very looking forward to that yeah but i agree it's very british it's very very british but can't yeah, wait one of them wasn't one of them a bbc commentator Did yes you exactly so. you cannot get more british than that <laughs> so tell us what podcast you're listening to um besides hopefully ours and you should be listening <laughs> to romance out loud too um and you can leave your answers in the comment section for the show notes of this episode at biggayfictionpodcast.com yes and always remember uh, while answering the question of the week, uh, maybe suggest a question that you would like to uh, ask the listeners of our podcast. Yes. I think that's going to do it for this week. Before we go, we should probably mention that we're going to be at the Rainbow Book Fair uh, in New York City on April 9th. Yes. So if you are in the tri-state area or just happen to be in Manhattan at the... Where is it being held? Somewhere on the John Jay College campus. Yes. Uh, we'll have the link to rainbowbookfair.org in the show notes that'll have all those details. It's a low uh, suggested admission cost for folks, and it is, they bill it as one of the largest uh, LGBT book fairs in the country. Yes. Um, and it's not just books, it's comics, it's film, it's magazines. It's large publishers in some cases. It's and small indie publishers. Small indie and, publishers yeah. and hybrids like me. So yeah, yeah, it's a good time. It's a good afternoon, and it's we're excited to see how it looks in uh, in the new venue this year. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I want to thank our listeners who've been leaving reviews on iTunes. We actually in the past week have a visible star rating at this point, which is awesome. Apparently, it only takes six people. To leave starred reviews, or just to leave stars, because you don't always have to leave the review, uh, to make it visible. So that's kind of exciting. And thanks to E. Martin 328 and K.T. Spiel, maybe, mm, yeah, for leaving reviews, actual written reviews. That's awesome. So that's really that helps us with that visibility on iTunes. Yes, thank you guys. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, before we uh, sign off, we just want to say that we appreciate all of our listeners and we realize that you have, you know, a lot of choices to, uh, a lot of different ways to spend your, your entertainment time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the fact that you take, you know, about an hour every single week to listen to us talk about stuff and talk to other authors, you know, we really appreciate it, honestly. Yeah, we do. We're coming up on the, on the half a year mark here mm-hmm. shortly. Um, so thanks to everybody who's been picking us up and spreading the word. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great week. Enjoy your first uh, week of the new season, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. For detailed show notes, go to biggayfictionpodcast.com.